the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. This is a special report. Town Hall on Issue 1. We are taking your questions at 844-825-5989. I just received an email from a listener. Um, It's a pretty long email, uh, but the crux of it is this. If you're going to be all sides, you need to have a real voice, valid reasons, argument, and uh, answers worth hearing in a respectful manner. Um, I believe we're teeing the questions up uh, using arguments and, I don't know, claims of proponents of issue one. If there is a question that has not been asked that is real that uh, we haven't addressed, please call 844-825-5989. Without further ado, uh, Carl, I want you to uh, address the panel with additional questions. Thanks, Jack. Uh, I've got one for Beth. One of the um, one of the common talking points we hear from the proponents of issue one is that this needs to be done specifically by way of a constitutional amendment as opposed to going through the state legislature ostensibly because the legislature is so log jammed. So um, how would you how would you respond to that? Uh, well, yeah. So uh, there's a couple of ways. So first of all, keep in mind that they didn't have to amend the Constitution. Um, they could have done what the proponents of issue two, the marijuana legalization, did and went by an initiated statute. Um, that The marijuana proposal, and that's another topic for another day, but that's going into Ohio's revised code sort of um, despite the legislature's unwillingness to act on that. But but I think really when we're hearing this question, often what, you know, it. it somehow the idea that Ohio's legislature does not represent the state of Ohio. And usually there's an accusation, you know, it's just so gerrymandering. And uh, let's just talk truthfully here for a minute. Uh, The Ohio Redistricting Commission is made up of four members of the legislature, two from each party, um, two from the House and two from the Senate, and three statewide elected officers. So the governor's office, the secretary of state's office, Uh, The Secretary of State, and uh, so that's Frank LaRose. So Governor DeWine, uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, and Auditor Keith Faber. So to a certain degree, this this idea that Ohio is so horrifically gerrymandered, the reality is is that nobody has gerrymandered the statewide election for the governor. Um, You know, the, the other side, the Democrats could win some elections. And in fact, when they did win elections back in 2005, they opted not to change the redistricting process themselves. The, the second bit of reality that I think we need to weigh into this ridiculous red herring of an argument is that the redistricting commission just unanimously passed a new set of maps. And after they unanimously passed it, guess what happened? The same folks, the groups like the ACLU, immediately filed a lawsuit saying, dot, 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 they're gerrymandered. Uh, They're gerrymandered with bipartisan support. So really, this is just about kind of 
crying um, that they're not getting their way and that they're not getting things uh they're not getting the pass. They're they're not getting the seats handed to them in the way that they would like. Yesterday, I plucked out of my mailbox a postcard that opened up. It was a flyer, reasons why we needed to vote for issue one. One of those is uh, passing issue one will return Ohio to common sense laws about abortion. So whether... Dr. Parker or attorneys Rachel or Frank want to weigh in on that. Will passing issue one return Ohio to common sense laws about abortion? Well, I think – oh, go ahead, Rachel. I was just going to say the issue one goes further than Roe ever did. Um, Roe created a framework based upon an undue burden. What issue one does is it creates a no burden standard. And so when we see that – uh, the, that it does not say that the state shall limit abortion after viability. It says that it may limit abortion after viability. And then it goes on to say that um, viability is defined uh, by if there is a reasonable, um, there if it's reasonable care that can be given to that child. And, you know, we really need to stop and think about what are reasonable measures? Because NICU is very expensive. Are they willing to give extraordinary care for a baby that's not wanted? Um, and, and how do we value that life? Ultimately, the decision is up to the abortionist who's profiting off of the abortion in that case. Rachel, I think you're absolutely right. And But what people have to remember is this radical amendment gives total control over abortion laws in the state of Ohio to Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. Now, I don't think there's anybody in Ohio that would allow big oil or big pharma to come in and be the sole regulators of big oil and big pharma. This is going to give monopoly veto power to Planned Parenthood and the ACLU over any laws that will attempt to be passed to control or regulate, that may regulate abortion after viability. They're going to take any law that may be proposed if it gets passed, they're going to say, as Rachel said, it's a burden. It uh, interferes with or prohibits a woman from exercising her right to an abortion. So we have common sense laws in effect now that allow for abortion up to 22 weeks of pregnancy, but also after for the life of the mother or, for, as you've heard, for the uh, prevention of uh, irreversible harm to a bodily function. So we have common sense laws now that have been passed with bipartisan support, and we need to keep those into effect. But if this passes, Planned Parenthood is going to tell you what's going to happen to abortion in Ohio. And the voters of Ohio who elect legislators to go to Columbus to pass laws that reflect their moral values are going to be shut out from the discussion on life here in the state of Ohio. Rachel, I have a question for you. In 2020... The people who marched under the banner of BLM are now the same people, largely, and I realize I'm painting with some broad strokes there, who are pushing for the passage of issue one. But we know that black women account for about six to seven percent of the state population. Disproportionately, almost 50 percent of the abortions in the state of Ohio are performed on them. If black lives matter, why don't they matter in this instance? Absolutely. So we are definitely seeing some strange bedfellows when it comes to who all has come together um, in support of issue one. Um, and it's not only 
uh, that we have, you know, these black groups that are supporting um, issue one, uh, that's very disturbing, especially when we know the history of Planned Parenthood. My grandmother marched outside of Planned Parenthood on Auburn Avenue right here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it was then called the Margaret Sanger Center. They have since desired to distance themselves uh, from their founder who had roots in the eugenics movement. Um, but it is the reality that to see um, pastors and black political groups coming together in support of issue one um, is, is just Margaret Sanger's um, greatest dream. I think she would be so proud of that today, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, it's, we, we know that most of Planned Parenthood and, and abortion providers' locations are centered around these urban centers where there's a higher population um, of black and brown uh, individuals in the city. That is targeted and, and strategic placement. Um, but more than that, we also have that vulnerable groups are being targeted by the abortion industry, not just um, black and brown populations. If we go through kind of this history in Ohio, you know, in 1997, we talked about how this term health was expanded by our Sixth Circuit. Um, and then we look at how in 2009, we had a, a Ohio soccer coach that sexually abused a 14-year-old girl on his team, brought her to a Planned Parenthood clinic in violation of informed consent law. She, caught, she was caused post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, our, our dear friend, Brian Hurley, represented her on that case. And then we look at how in 2014... Rachel, about 20 uh, seconds. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. Well, there was a study that showed that there's a terrible trend of coerced and forced abortions among trafficked uh, individuals. Um, and so we see that there's also disproportionate representation of black trafficking victims. Stay tuned to 98.9 FM, The Answer, the final segment of Town Hall on Ohio Issue 1 is next. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. This is a special report, Town Hall on Ohio Issue 1. Carl, you have a question for Attorney Frank Scaturro. Yes, thanks, Jack. Uh, Mr. Scaturro, there was a recent debate that was televised here in Ohio uh, that featured one proponent and one opponent of uh, Issue 1. And one thing, one talking point that the proponent said over and over again repeatedly was, all we want from this is to get the government out of, out of the decision. We want the government out of the abortion decision. Um, never, never mind the question of, is of if we want that. More to the point, is that something that we, that we could even do? Is that even possible? What are your thoughts on that? Well, proponents of, of issue one are clearly looking to bring the standard uh, uh, in Ohio well beyond what the Supreme Court had mandated uh, for nearly 50 years. And that's why I keep reverting to case law, because we have an empirical demonstration of what the courts uh, have done on this. But when you look at the language of this proposal, you know, Part B, they talk about, you know, the state shall not even indirectly burden or interfere with uh, or discriminate with respect to the choice. Well, what that is the most irresponsible 
drafting that someone could engage in to say that even an indirect effect uh, is enough to strike it down. What can you what hypotheticals can you think of that do not indirectly affect what that issue here? But this all reveals that the, the proponents are looking to do something that is extreme, that actually takes it out of the voters hands through their elected representatives. Uh, that's why we say this goes well beyond what Roe ever did. And if you want any more specific illustration of this, just look at what proponents like the ACLU have done. I'm not, I don't have to engage in clairvoyance to say what the proponents are looking to do. The ACLU advertises on its website its success in the past in overturning uh, parental consent laws, parental involvement laws, and also in opposing public funding for abortion that they pointed out when they lost uh, in Harris versus McRae. Well, they found success on the state level. They're boasting about it, and it's clear that they want to add Ohio to their list of victories. That's what this issue one is about. Well, I don't think you can keep the legislature out of this decision either way it goes, because the way it is, they're going to pass common sense laws that protect women and protect babies. After this, they're just going to become the enforcement arm for Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, and they're going to become the bill collector for both the abortion for the abortion industry through taxpayer funding. So either way you look at it, the government's going to be involved. Oh, yeah. The state legislature would find its hands tied, though, if issue one is part of the state constitution. They would find their hands tied from passing any number of measures to protect baby and mother alike. Uh, so long as they could be characterized as abortion regulations. And the same applies to sex change and other gender transition procedures. You know, one, one, uh, with one final closing thought, uh, I, th- I think what we need to really keep in mind is that issue one is just so incredibly extreme. It is so extreme that both the Toledo Blade and the Cleveland Plain Dealer have come out in the last few days urging people to vote no and and I think that's what I'm going to do as well. Um, so please get out there. Vote early. Um, you can visit VoteOhio.gov and find your, your voting location. Look at your ballot. Get out there. But but make sure that you are getting out there and voting no by, by November 7th because we need every vote in every county. Um, I've been telling our members we are in the fight of our lives, but we're fighting for theirs. So thank you all so much for listening today. I want to thank I want to thank Carl uh, Von Veltier, uh, Beth Vanderkoy, Rachel Seatak, uh, Dr. Michael Parker, um, and uh, of course uh, Attorney Frank Scaturro for being part of this panel today. And uh, we have about three and a half minutes left. If anyone would like to make any final comments, anything that listeners may want to consider, Doctor, you know. One thing that's not been brought up in all of this is conscience protections for healthcare professionals uh, who don't agree with abortion. If this law passes, those the protections that we have currently in the state of Ohio are going to go away, and physicians and other healthcare providers are going to be faced with the choice of complying with the new law or leaving medicine altogether. And I think you're going to see more of the other half, which is going to lead to more shortages of physicians, especially in rural areas. Because physicians are not going to take the risk of saying, I'm not going to provide you with the medication or perform your abortion because they know that they're going to face the risk of being taken to court, such as the cake baker, 
the website designer, the photographer who refused to do uh, uh, events uh, for people who uh, with same-sex attractions or for gender reveals with transgender people. And that's something they don't want to take the risk. So it's actually going to hurt healthcare in Ohio if this law passes by creating more of a desert of healthcare within rural areas. And so I think we all have to remember that. But you can change that. You can change that by getting out and voting no. Um, you can keep the health care providers you have by voting no. You can protect conscience by voting no. You can keep common sense laws in the Ohio Revised Code by voting no. Abortion will still be legal if this doesn't pass. But at least we have a voice in the conversation about life in the state of Ohio. So remember, get out, vote no if you want your voice to matter in who takes care of you as a physician, but more importantly, about how we're going to deal with life in the state of Ohio. About two minutes. Anyone else have anything that they'd like to add? Jack, real quick, I'd just like to say thanks again very much for allowing us to host this discussion on this platform here. Uh, Much appreciated. Absolutely. It's an honor. A recent story indicated that the Ohio Secretary of State's office reported that early voting is lower than it has been in previous past elections. To me, that means that Ohioans are mulling over many decisions they're going to make in the booth on November 7th, and this is at the forefront. So I want to thank everybody that participated today. Again, Carl, Beth, Rachel, Frank, uh, and then Dr. Michael Parker. And uh, I want to also address um, the Ohio Press Network, which is where I'm the editor-in-chief, will be publishing a story in response to the Associated Press story with the headline, Ohio Votes on Abortion Rights This Fall, Misinformation About the Proposal is Spreading. Now, I think today many listeners were able to get a real good glimpse at some of the claims of misinformation and what the facts truly are. We'll hit about eight to ten of those points in the next couple of days on the Ohio Press Network. Why? Is it because we have a dog in the fight? No. It's because we believe that voters have a right to, to have good, truthful, factual information when they're making uh, important life decisions. So anyone else? Uh, Attorney Scaturo, uh, is there anything that you'd like to add? We've got about 30 seconds here. Sure. Well, in short, first, thank you for having me. And I want, I hope the voters understand that uh, if issue one passes, it would make the state into a haven for no limits abortion, including partial birth abortion. It would become an optimal jurisdiction to harbor a future Kermit Gosnell, whether he's a practitioner of abortion, sex change surgery, or any other procedures under the umbrella of reproductive care. And to add insult to injury, taxpayers may well be forced to pay for much of this. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Thank you for tuning in to Special Report, a town hall on Ohio Issue 1. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.